pays to read. Wait, no, I have this. Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. And apparently, as you just heard, it pays to read. It pays to read. So we are going to preview public hearings today of May 1st and 2nd and 3rd. You know how many bills we have today to preview? Um, (laughs) Clearly I don't because (laughs) I'm doing a mad scramble here at the end. We are previewing 20 three bills. Holy moly. It is a busy time at the Education and the Cultural Affairs Committee, considering we don't have any cultural affairs ones, which is makes it even more work for us. Aye. We're going to start today with Wednesday, May 1st at 9 in the morning. Wednesday's a busy day. They need like Monday and Tuesday to get ready. They're doing nine bills that day. Yeah. That's uh, a lot going on. They have a lot going on. And, and there are, um, the, especially the morning ones, the first five, they're all fun. Oh, this is so good. All right, let's start. What's the theme of the morning? What would you say? Money, 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 money. LD309 is an act to eliminate the regional adjustment for public school systems. I got no love for the falsetto on that. No love for my falsetto. I talked right over it. Jeez. So this one uh, is a, it, one of our favorites. It's yeah. short. I so like this sh- summary. I like it short. I, I like it short, too. This bill removes the regional adjustment in the total operating allocation for school administrative units under EPS. Yeah, I have a question about this. Yeah, me too. Does this, like, get rid of the equity formula for EPS? So that's what I'm thinking, right? Because I go right to the presenters. Who are the, who sponsored this? Let's take a look. We have Representative Stuart of Prescott Island, co-sponsored by uh, members of the committee... Drinkwater, Fecto, Bicray, Rudnicki, and Sampson. Where, what, what, where do they fall in the terms of the political party sphere? Mostly Republicans, but not all. Not all. McRae is a Democrat. So why would you eliminate that adjustment? Because right now, some of the more uh, less affluent places in Maine get an adjustment so they get a little bit more money from the state. Right. So so here's what, what's going to be repealed. Because when, when looking into this, I had, to, I had to, to read into this to find out what this says. Yep. Um, By the way, this is Section 15.682. Yes. 15,682. That's a lot of sections. <laughs> well, Maine, Maine has a lot of laws. We've read them all. We, yeah. Okay. We, I'm going to – we both have the law books. We have the books. <laughs> we, 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 In some process? Some of them have been marked up. Um, so the regional adjustment must be based on the regional differences in, te- in teacher salary costs for labor market areas in which the, super, the school administrative unit is located, okay. as computed by State edu- Education Policy Research Institute, must be applied only to appropriate teacher salary and benefit costs as calculated, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. Seems reasonable. So regional ad- adjustment must be based on the regional differences in teacher salary costs. So, again, it's, it's that level of uh, balancing out an, an equity pay issue. Sure. Equity, southern equity southern part of the state pays a lot more than the eastern and northern parts of the state, okay. for instance. And, and why is that? Because uh, nobody lives down there. <laughs> Cut to all the people living down there who listen to this podcast going, There's a lot hey! less. There's a lot less. And there's, there's a lot more business. Excuse me, a lot less businesses, a lot less 
uh, stuff happening in the towns to, to provide the money. Yeah, well, the, so, that's the other thing is that a lot, a lot of the the vast majority of the big money in the state is in the southern region. Yeah, Cumberland, York. Right. That's pretty much it. Yeah, you go up to you go up to the uh, Piscataquis. That's that's not there's not a whole lot of uh, big money up there. There's some, but there's not a whole lot. So here's the thing that I can't quite figure out. Burt's Bees. This is presented by Burt's Bees. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is the owner and, by, and, uh, and he originated from right up from the Dover area, Dover Foxtrot area. This is presented by Representative Stewart of Presque Isle, up in the county. Right. And I don't get it. One of the other co-sponsors, which intrigued me, was uh, Representative McRae of Fort, of Fort Fairfield. Fairfield. And they would, they are on opposing parties. Yeah. Stewart's a Republican and McRae is a Democrat. And they're from a very poorish part of the state compared to the southern part. Uh, why do they want to get rid of this? I have I have no idea. So me neither. So I really want to know what is the testimony going to be like? What's the justification for eliminating that regional adjustment? Yeah. I, and, and I don't know. I can't even figure out is, is it going to save money? I don't think so because you just have you have the same pot of money. It's just an adjustment. So it, I think, and this is my, <laughs> we're talking about money here, so we have no idea. But wouldn't eliminating the regional adjustment basically put the money back into some of the more richer parts of the state? Well, I think, I think the issue is, is instead of being equitable, they would want to be equal distributing across the state, which would then mean like uh, certain areas are going to get less than what they need and certain get more than what they need based on their socioeconomic status in the area. That's that. That's where I see that going. Instead of that, that issue of equality versus equity, and the, the the issue of well, giving everyone the same thing is fair. And for those of you Rick Wormley fans out there, you know that fair isn't always equal. Nice. Thank you. Let's go to the next one. Since we're talking about money, LD three eighty five, an act to base school funding on the number of students sent by a town to a regional school unit. This is fascinating. This is fascinating, and I kind of think I know where this comes from. So this was presented by Representative Ackley of Monmouth, who is one of our local ones in in uh, by R- in RSU2. Yeah, in RSU2. And this was submitted by request. So as we've experienced with some of these other ones, the by request ones, this is a constituent that came to him and saying, can you put this bill in for me? Right. He had no co-sponsors to this one. None at all. Representative just, uh, Ackley also doesn't just do Monmouth. He has also parts of uh, Litchfield and Wales. Oh, nice. In RSU4. And they've had a lot of budget issues over the last few years. Really? Because mm. they have a lot of waterfront property. Oh. And some of the other towns in the RSU do not. Yep. And they send a lot less kids, but pay more than anybody into their RSU. Yep. So their whole idea for the past few years that I've read in the papers, like, we send less kids, we should pay less in. Yep. And the point of the RSU is you have more money, you're part of this school unit, the law says this is how you pay. They're like, we don't want to. So this goes right along with that previous bill. Exactly. They're both the exact same thing. Or they're, they're doing the exact same thing, but in different ways. In different ways. This one, again, had to like our uh, – uh, when we talked about one of our previous spots about going down a list of the percentages of statewide local share. Right. That's all in here, too. But then oh, it yeah, switches, that was fun. It switches to go away – to kind of ease it out to make it instead of property tax. You talk – you go you uh, get funded by a number of students, and that's how it works. Right. I, I love how from – 
um, from 2009 until 2018, the full value education mill rate was over 50%, right? 2009 to 2018. For the 2019 property tax year, 45%. What? <laughs> they just, for the last year, they just, this year, they just dropped it 5%. What happened there? My guess is... Previous administration. This has something to do with it. There's way too much going on in this bill that it's not going to work out. I don't think so. So here's the thing about these next couple. They are directly related to each other. First one is LD-412. Like the Lannisters. The next one is LD-412, an act to restore system administration allocations in main school administrative units to the level prescribed for fiscal year 2017-18. This, rep- this is uh, got a lot of Democrats supporting this one. So this one... Which was kind of are, surprising, are they, but I don't know what's happening. I, I hate that so, I have to ask this question because I never remember. Are they blue or red? Uh, blue. We prefer blue. De- Democrats are blue. Democrats are blue. Rep- Republicans are, are red. red. Yes. So this is a wear red for Ed. No, that didn't work. Mm, that's why I Maybe said not. I Chelsea don't. blue. It all kind of works out <laughs> after this one. I see where you're going now. Okay. So what this one does, it repeals a couple of subsections and then enacts a new one beginning in fiscal year 1920. The system administration allocation is $135 per pupil. Okay. Okay. And that is basically going to be the same level that it was in 1718. And it repeals provisions that increase for future fiscal years the per pupil amount. And it restricts the allocation of portions of the funds to school administrative units that have established regionalized administrative services. So it repeals those things. Basically, it's saying this: the new allocation is $135 per pupil, period, end of story. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know, but let's talk about the next one also because it really combines the same thing. LD 1497, which is an act to recognize high-performing, efficient school districts with regard to the system administration allocation. And this one, A, it's a bill with some whereases, which is kind of cool. But it talks about the exact same part of the bill, except they say for fiscal year 1920, the allocation is $141 per pupil, which again is $6 more. But 94 goes to the SAU for system admin. $47 of that must be allocated as a targeted amount to SAUs that have established regionalized admin services mm-hmm. or been identified as high-performing, efficient school administrative units by a statewide education policy research institute. Yeah, I have some questions about that. So so the one bill drops the allocation from $141 to 135 Drops it back. Into eternity. Forever. Uh, yes. Yes. And the, the, the other one says, here's 141 and here's how it has to be appro- Here's how it has to be used. Yep. Right? And historically, it's been at the uh, in 1920, 141, and it says of this amount, 47 must be, this is current law, uh, 47 must be allocated to the school administrative unit for system administration, 94 must be allocated as a target amount to SAUs that have established regional administrative uh, services. Um, it's adding right. this thing about high-performing, high-performing. SAUs. Right. So I have two questions. One, how are they measuring high-performing? Nice. 
because as, as a lot of folks will say on the committee, uh, can't really necessarily use the MEA for that because why would we? Mm-hmm. Uh, second question about these, um, does an AOS count? Because as we've talked about in previous past, when it comes to regional service centers, an AOS basically does the exact same thing as a regional service center, even though they're not called a regional service center. So do they count for this? Well, you know what my solution obviously was, as it was last time, change your damn name. So in order to do that, we have to go through the whole thing of dissolving the entire AOS and then reforming as the exact same entity, which is very costly to the taxpayers. Sounds like a state bill in action right there. Yes, there is some definite inaction happening. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Uh, so that's, those, what they, that's why I get the big bucks here. Those are directly related to each other. Uh, and there's still one more, which is uh, interesting because it's got a really long name. And again. Hey, as a person with a long name, I, I'm also interesting. That's fair. And I've, as we've done 100 billion of these bills... I get to know like some of the people who have the, the longer names of, of LDs. So this one I saw, and then I saw who presenting this one. This is Representative Brennan of Portland. Yep. And he's got some of the longer named LDs. I'll just say that. Go, Representative Brennan. He's very involved with this sort of thing. He's, he's, he's verbose. And there's a lot going on in some of these bills, too, like this one. This, Again, one, is, this one is busy. LD 712. An act to fully fund after-school and preschool programs in the school funding formula. Uh-huh. And increase the economically oh. disadvantaged student factor in the school funding formula. All right, so... And they, oh. increase the school construction debt service limit. Holy moly. And I'm done there. Okay. There's a that's, lot there, going there's, on there's, in this There's bill. a lot happening in this bill, which is why I think it's not going anywhere. He's got three separate sections, and my favorite part is a whole section on maximum debt service limit. Yep. And which I which I find great and interesting because it's very clear that um, back in 1990, the maximum debt service limit was $48 million, and proposed for 2020 to 2023 would be $150 million. Spend that money. Cash. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. So let's talk about the summary a little bit because I do have an actual question for you on this one. Okay. I know. Because, you know, I, I wanted to go a wu- more Wu-Tang, but you know, I, don't think, I don't think I'd be permitted to do more Wu-Tang. I don't think so. Without an, an E rating. I'd have to do some more editing. <laughs> so this bill amends the school more. funding formula. Fair. <laughs> this bill amends the school funding formula to fund after-school programs based on the state share percentage and to fund public preschool programs at 50% of the cost of the program's or if a school administrative unit's state share percentage is greater than 50% to fund it at the state share percentage. Way too many words for me, but I kind of get the gist of it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the ne- uh, I'll read the last one part first. Uh, the bill also raises the maximum debt service limit from $126 million to $150 million. Mm, debt service, I don't, I don't know, whatever. Here's the part that I don't know. <laughs> Which I think might affect it a lot. I think you're going to get a lot of people talking about this one. The bill also increases the additional weight for economically disadvantaged students from 0.15 to to 1.5. That's a huge jump. Doing the math? That's 10 times the amount. Yeah. That's a lot. That's that's enormous. That's pretty cool. Oh, I think that's fantastic to support those students in those districts who have high percentages of economically disadvantaged students. I mean, they need the support more than districts that have, let's say, 3% economically disadvantaged. A school that has 70% needs more resources and supports. 
apparently not because they the don't necessarily we talked about today, but whatever. I know, right? That that would just you know everyone gets the same because because fair ten they, times the ten times that's amazing. That's a lot. I don't even know what necessarily that means or what the actual money transfer is going to be for that one. It sounds like a lot. It's, it sounds like a lot, and it sounds like they're going to be making it rain. <laughs> and this is me doing that hand thing. Give us your gifts on Twitter for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to see them. We would love to see. I think they're GIFs. No, God, no. I, be- no. I believe that they're GIFs. No, only I refuse- for people who are not that bright. I, that I refuse way. to call them GIFs, but I because I, I say GIFs because I'm a human being and uh, yes, Bill Simmons. Reasonable. It's not a GIF, <laughs> Bill Simmons. It's even not though, peanut butter, for God's sake. Even though the creator of it may be calling them a GIF, he's wrong. He's wrong, or she's wrong. Whoever it is, you're wrong. Wrong. It's a GIF. Yeah, clearly you're listening. It's a GIF. <laughs> My God. Send us your GIFs. We're 17 minutes into this thing. We are not even 20 percent done here. Well, we got the morning done. We did. At the morning of the first. Let's go to the afternoon. And good news, one of these bills has been moved to another day. Oh, thank goodness. We're down to just four. And some more money stuff. But these are a lot easier to talk about. So LD468 first is an act to require that the state fund on an ongoing basis a minimum of 50% of the costs associated with public preschool programs. Presented by Representative Farnsworth, who's on the committee. So, in other words, if you're going to have public preschool programs, we should at least fund them at least half of it. <laughs> if we're going to require that we have public preschools, well, let's fund it. Well, the next one <laughs> is <laughs> actually going to establish that. LD1043, an act to establish universal public preschool programs. Doesn't really talk about funding it, though. But it's the goal to ensure that public preschool programs for children four years of age are offered by all SAUs by the 20. 20- 21 school year. Yeah, so, so what this does is this kind of, this kicks the can down the road. A little bit. So remember back in the good old days, like 2017 era when they said, when proficiency-based diplomas were all in, they were still the main law, and some folks said, well, what if we did this thing where we didn't necessarily do it at 2018, but because of world languages and problems, we just kicked it down to can like 2020, and then we do this whole rollout thing for four content areas first year, then four plus one the next year, then four, right? That went well. It went very well. Didn't it? Was not disastrous in any way. Not disastrous in any way for, for, for teaching and learning in, our, in, our, in the way that we look at diplomas in our state because it's only gone very well since then, right? But by delaying things and kicking it down the road. That's and the then we did then, things. Like if, you, if they did this one and not the other one, they, they kicked it down the road but didn't fund it. We also have precedent for that. You just realized what's going to happen. So good. Let's go to the next one. This one is uh, also interesting. LD 1549, an act to increase the supplement for certain national board for professional teaching standards certified teachers in Maine. I I know who's going to be in support of this. National board Board. certified teachers. (laughs) (laughs) All you NBCTs out there, way to go. Yes. And there's a little trick to this one. What? So right now, if you are, what, NBCT? Yep. Is that what it is? NBCT. If you were one of those NBC teachers, TV. you get uh, yeah, you're all on television, which is awesome. Right. It's like those Thursday nights back in the 80s and 90s. Must see TV. Yeah, mad about you, that kind of thing. Okay, excellent. Uh, so right now you get a supplement every year from the state. Right. Into your salary, which is great. And currently it is uh, $3,000 a year. Nice. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Right? You get your nationally board certified. It's a great recommendation. 
This one is going to add uh, for any teacher starting in uh, fiscal year 20 and 21 in succeeding years, for a teacher who's employed in a school in which at least 50% of students qualify for free and reduced, your supplement is provided now 9,000. Uh, that's that, that's a big increase. That's three times an increase. That's 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 three. That's some math. That's some really good money right math there. Math is blowing me away. But you have to work in a in a school that's fifty percent free and reduced. There's one or two of those in the state of Maine. Sure, there absolutely there is. And many of those schools who have those that high populations of free reduced lunch, they need as as I've said previously, they need a lot of support. And so maybe having some really highly qualified teachers in those schools would help those places out. So I see the intention of this, and I am, I, I, I love this. Do you think that this bill, if it went through, would attract teachers to more uh, more schools that are have a higher free reduced? Would this be an incentive? I think it could be. I think it could also be an incentive for teachers who are already in those schools to pursue their national board certification. And then because if you're stay getting a, some more. Yeah, because if you're getting it, because they're invested in those schools, and they, let's say they've been thinking about it for some time, or they've been toying with the idea, or they just didn't know. Um, now they're looking at a potential, you know, raise on top of their already existing salary of nine thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. It's pretty decent money. That's that's. I mean, it's not. You know, yes, that's great. That's great money. So that's something to not sneeze at, and that's something to not. That I think a lot of folks would say, you know, it's worth me now doing this. For to have this extra, extra uh, bit of coin come into my into my uh, my pockets here. So this one is presented by Senator Libby of Androscoggin. How many co-sponsors? Mm, none. Uh-uh. Which is not always the case because we were surprised a couple weeks ago with one of the ones that had one presenter. Right. And it went through ought to pass as amended. So they obviously liked it. Nobody did it first, but it must have gone through. Interesting. So it is. We'll see. Yeah, we're I, all, f- all for it. I'm all. F- I am all for this one. I hope. I hope to see it go through. There's going to be some talking about. Well, if I'm nationally board certified, and I work, I happen to work in say the southern part of the state, which does not have as many free and reduced schools that are over fifty percent. Well, what about me? It, I got the same certification. Yeah, it still doesn't impact. It doesn't impact you because you you still get your three thousand dollars stipend. But I want nine because now so somebody move. else is going to get it. So move. So Matt's clearly going to testify in this one saying, you teachers, <laughs> tough. Bang. Let's go to the next one. I, I think the funding is going to stop it. I think that that's, that's going to be a, a big issue and where the money's going to come from. And Well, one of the questions is going to be, how much is this going to cost? Right. If we were to do this, how many teachers are we actually talking about? Right. And I wonder how many. Cause I, I do too. I show, is it 100? Is it 500? Is it 20? Is it 20 hundred? Is it 20 hundred thousand? <laughs> Now we're talking some real dough. Raise that debt ceiling. Raise well, they already are. To, are they trying to? One hundred fifty thousand. That'll do it. One hundred fifty million. That'll do it. So we've talked about eight bills so far. We have one left. It's clearly one a, left for May first. It's a it's a money day. So let's talk about LD seven seventy three, an act regarding secondary school education concerning sexual activity and sexual assault. Out of left field for the day I comes think, this one. I think got, they're like, we got to put it somewhere. We just, just don't, stick it in there. I think it's one of those the things. Of the day. One of the things where like also like a. You know, we've been talking about money all all freaking day. Let's just let's just let's just throw one curveball in there to to keep it fresh. Yeah, let's and lighten they up choose, the afternoon. And they choose sexual uh, sexual activity and sexual assault. That's their, that's their way of freshening the mood for the day. Oy. But 
I'm going to give this one some credit because obviously it's talking about uh, new education, right? Yes. New, they want some new standards in there. So we've talked about this numerous times about this one, how there's already been a process. We've already gone through this one. This one is presented by Representative Daughtry of Brunswick, who is not on the committee this year, but has been in the past. She knows her stuff because at the end of this, it talks at the beginning of it talks about the secondary course of study must also include blah, blah, blah. Uh, lots of stuff about uh, learning about sexual activity and sexual assault and how to make appropriate decisions and consent and all the good things. I'm all in favor of this, right? Yep. You Sounds know, good so father, far. Father of four daughters, all in favor of this one. Then she has some language about the review cycle. What? This, this is someone who knows her stuff. So she puts in... Uh, this is all new new language. The review of the content standards and performance indicators for the content area of health, PE, and wellness, including instruction on affirmative consent, blah, 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 must be included in the commissioner's review beginning in the 1920s school year. Right. I know you got a process. You're doing it next year. This is Right. And we're we're going to make we're gonna this. We're going to move this into make, your process. This will be the process. It's like, oh, I was reading that one last night. It was like... That's She's some, listening. That's some clever. That's some it's clever movement of the, of the chess pieces there. It's like, we know that this is going to be new stuff. We know there's a process. We want you, we want in on that process. Right. I'm, I'm, I gotta say, that's impressed. I, I like it, and I can't wait to see what folks like are, are the, the typical like MSMA would be like. Follow, we want to follow the process. Want to follow the process. With I want to see what they have to say that by by forcing the hand for the process, are they going to be okay with that? What are they going to say? What, what are folks who are I think they're just going to ignore it? What are typical people? What are typical organizations are going to say to something like that, where where this little curveball has been thrown in? How does that affect their testimony? I can't. I, I'm very interested to read that. Follow the process. Follow the process. Follow the process. We're going to continue our process. Go on to May second because we're only half an hour in. Oi. <laughs> uh, good news. There's only one this afternoon on May second. Uh, excuse me. One session. Five bills. LD. 155, an act to ensure transparency in college costs. More money, which more, is right up our alley. More money and higher education this time. <laughs> Something we're clearly all over. Yes. Uh, yes. So this is all about fees. Favor. Unnecessary fees that are that are being put on to. That's this one, right? The transparent ones? Yeah. Transpar- Good. That, that's all about, you yeah. know, for, for folks who are, for, for students who, um, uh, let me make sure I get my, my yeah. The prohibits a post-secondary institution from assessing a student fees unless the institution uses a standardized financial aid offer form developed by the Commissioner of Education. Um, sounds like Common App. Sounds and, like yeah. And FAFSA. So their 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 fees don't include cost of tuition, room, board, books, supplies. Oh, believe me. I again, <laughs> multiple kids in college right now. Yeah. I've seen student fees, and have hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, what the hell is this for? <laughs> I have no idea what it's for. <laughs> Yeah. Paying for tuition, room and board, fees, an ID, parking, lots of other random stuff. Thank God they're all graduating. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so, so this, yeah, so this would be like, hey, uh, no more fees. No more fees. Unless there make is Make it transparent. A, make it tell make, us what are the fees for. Yeah, and I think that we expect that of folks like our cell phone carriers now. Well, what about our, our higher education university, uh, system? Them too. Them too. Let's go to the next one. LD860, an act to establish the Maine Community College System no-cost tuition program. This one's done by, uh, presented by Representative Brennan. And uh, another one, uh, Farnsworth is on there, and a bunch of other uh, people. 
but not on the committee. And this one establishes the Maine Community College System no-cost tuition program. Free college. That's it. Under Go the, Bernie. Under the program, Maine residents who are determined to be eligible students and who are enrolled in an eligible course of study at a college within the Maine Community College System are eligible for a grant to cover the cost of tuition and mandatory fees, less any federal financial aid or other financial assistance the student receives. Which is awesome. And then it has some requirements in there, which sure, sure, sure. very straightforward. Basically, you got to do it for the first time. And once you're in, you have to maintain a certain GPA. You, pretty standard stuff. Uh, this is like the beginning of Bernie, Bernie Sanders' free college. Yep. So to be eligible. Right, which is great. Eligible, you have to be a resident of the state. Um, admitted to a college, enrolled in courses leading to completion of eligible program. Has not previously earned an associate or, ba- or a bachelor's degree. Uh, or has earned an associate degree in eligible program, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have to be eligible if, if you have completed an application for federal student aid programs and has not previously enrolled in college at no cost under this section. And if you have previously enrolled, you have to maintain a minimum 2.0 and maintain continuous enrollment at at least a part-time student unless you have a medical leave uh, and you first received that grant in the last five years. There you go. It's going nowhere. Costs too much money. What's that? That that's a lot of money. But it's great that it's out there, and the discussion is now happening in our legislative system, rather than just being talked about by candidates on the stump. Absolutely, absolutely, get it. Make it real. Make make people vote make on this. Make it real. Make people vote on this. Make people take us take a take a firm legislative stand on it. Speaking of making it real, we've got LD twelve eighty three. Oh yeah, we do. A resolve with then, some whereases. An emergency. This is like the best right it, here. It's it's. There's only one thing I, I have I have a critique on. Okay, let's talk about the name of it first. It's sure. to resolve to advance college affordability by convening a task force. Yes. To recommend a sustainable funding model for maintaining Maine's public higher education infrastructure. Yes, indeed. Okay, so what does it do? Uh, again, we love task forces. Uh, convene that. Name it. Oh God, it's a long name. It's a, it's, it's a terrible a, name. It's, it's, we're not it's even going to read it. It's, it's a way name. too long. It'll change. To study how to provide adequate supplemental funding to sustain states' public higher education infrastructure without burdening students who are resident of the states with unreasonable tuition and fee increases. So basically what this is trying to do is to figure out how to do what the previous bill wants to do. Exactly. <laughs> considers everything. It's got a whole list of stuff. And then they're going to report back next session and you can submit the legislation. So I see the previous one not going anywhere, and I see this one saying, okay. Tell. All going to be the same. I, I, like, I think I think this one's going to go through. I do, too. This I, one, do I, too. I don't think the previous one will. No, going nowhere, but let's talk about it. But let's talk That's about it, and let's figure be. out how to do it. So here's, here's another one. LD 1538, an act regarding compensation equity for positions in the Maine Community College system. I like this one because it says we have a lot of uh, – Community colleges around the state, part of the system, right? Everywhere from northern Maine to southern Maine. Absolutely. Right? Top and bottom, right? York and Fort Kent? Fort Kent, yeah. I think so, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, it basically says if you In eastern hold, Maine, eastern Maine Community College? If you – so all over the state. All over. It's like a system of community colleges. It's like a system. <laughs> so basically, if you have a position – in one of the community colleges, you're getting paid the same as any of them. So it doesn't matter if you're in the southern part of the state, the eastern part of the state, the northern part of the state. If you are the person who works there, can't think of anything. 
you get the same rate no matter which campus you work on. Yep. That, 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 that is accurately what it says. Oh, here are the occupational groups I've had. Faculty, instructors, administrative staff, supervisory, support services, institutional services, and police. Nice. And that's it. Roger. That's it. If you work at one, you get paid the same if you were the same position at a different one. Whether you're living in, you know, wh- wh- whether the cost of living in UMFK up in the, or for Kent area, it could be completely the same as down in Cumberland County. So you're all going to get paid the same, and it's probably not going to be the highest. It's not going anywhere. Of the high. For many reasons. Yeah. LD1566, an act to increase the number of recipients under the tuition waiver program for participants in foster care. This one was different for a slightly different reason. It has an after deadline. If I'm correct, this is the first one of these we've seen. That's that's what I'm seeing, right? Yeah. It's not an emergency. Nope. It's not a, a by request. We've had that. It's right. an after deadline. Because I know there's a deadline for uh, legislators to uh, submit all their bills. It's sometime in December, I believe. And right, yes. So after deadline, this one says right under, approved for introduction by a majority of the legislative council pursuant to joint rule 205. So you know what this means? We have to update the spreadsheet. Damn. Because this wasn't in the original list. So nope. this is, we have a this new is, thing. We have a new, we have a new one in there. So the legislative council, from what I know, approves bills to go in front of uh, committees. And they said even though it came in late, this one's worthy of going in. So and it, it does. So the summary of this one, this bill increases from 30 to 60 the number of tuition waivers for post-secondary education allowed to be granted each academic year to persons who at the time of their graduation from high school or their completion of a GED were in the custody of DHHS and resided in foster care or subsidized adoptive care or were minor wards of a subsidized permanency guardian. The theme that I'm hearing with, the, with these bills is basically let's make it easier for anyone to go to college or post-secondary school throughout the state of Maine. Hell yes. That seems to be the common thread. I had no problem with that. The no only, problem with that. No. I think that one's going to fly right through. I, I do as well. We are down to our final day of this first week of May. Thank you for staying with us for all of these. Yes, we, we, we greatly appreciate you listening and for, for, for putting up with our... Uh, uh, tomfoolery. If you are listening this far before we get to the third, make sure you rate and review us. Because if you're listening this far, to be honest, you got to really like what we're talking about. You really do. So go tell us about it. Either that or you have a very long commute and you have you don't know how to download any other podcasts. Or you just press play by mistake and don't know how to shut it off. Right. Or you went for a run and in the woods and got lost and maybe maybe dropped your headphones and your iPod or iPhone somewhere, and it's just continuing to play. So you're not actually listening to this, but it's playing for all the wildlife. So that person in the woods, are they, like, down bleeding or something right now? Well, I didn't want to say attacked by a bear, but it's entirely possible. If you're an attacked by a bear and the bear ate your phone and it's still playing, that means the bear is listening to us, sort of. Not only is the bear listening, the bear is literally internalizing everything that we're saying. (laughs) We need to move on now. (laughs) We're on Friday, May 3rd in the morning. Uh, This one is talking a lot about career and technical education. So this will start with LD-161, which is an act to increase access to career (laughs) and technical education. Again, one of my favorites. It's a concept draft. There's nothing there. 
It proposes to enact measures designed to increase access to career and tech ed. All right. Uh, done. All right. Let's. Con- uh, there's I, enough bills today that I think we'll figure something out, right? Yeah. Well, and, and the thing with concept drafts, they're, they're always like, oh, we'll come back when you have something. <laughs> this next one, there's a lot in this one. LD 358, which is an act to fully fund career and technical education for fiscal year 1819. It's an emergency. Because that's the year we're in right now. It is. Well, because there's, yeah, there's been a little issue with that with the recent budget, but. Uh, so this uh, one goes on for seven pages. It's a list of numbers. And yes. It adds $1 million from the general fund. Yes. You, you skipped over a, 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 what I thought would be a very important part for you. Oh, is there a whereas? There are three whereas. What? I did skip that because I saw the numbers and it was like, these numbers are in the billions because it talks about the total operating allocation of right. Section 20A. And I'm like, oh, God, no. What's the summary? So what are the whereas's? Oh, it's an emergency, which is big. It's an emergency. It's an act, but and it's an emergency it. with whereas. So it's got it's got a few of the of the criteria for the perfect bill. You got a little back for me then. All right. I, I respect this bill a little bit more. <laughs> Too many numbers. Too many numbers. Let's go to the next one. LD five hundred four, an act to enhance the development of innovative career and technical education programs. This one's really short, but. I didn't really get this one, I guess. So the summary talks about how the bill streamlines the procedure for authorizing career and tech ed satellite programs. Current law requires that any program, that any, sorry, that any unit that wishes to operate a career and tech ed program to submit a written request to the governing body of the center or region which the unit is affiliated. Instead, this is going to directly to the commissioner of ed, cutting out the middleman. Right. So, like, a, a tech center usually has a re- regional council, and in order to make that those things happen, like, well, the one that, like, my, my district that I work in, they have a regional council of all the different sending schools. So you have to convene this group, and they have to go through that process, and it can be kind of long and arduous. And so what this is saying is, nope, we're just going to go right to the commissioner because if we want to create a satellite program and we don't necessarily need to have these other sending school areas and people involved, the commissioner can do that. I stopped when you said long and arduous, and I was just thinking about this particular podcast. The next one talks about LD 1036, which is a resolve and an emergency with whereases, but it's a resolve establishing a task force to study the creation of a comprehensive career and technical education system to support workforce development. Yes, this uh, uh, does exactly that. Task force. Examine the the feasibility of establishing a four-year high school uh, career tech ed program. So basically looking at a comprehensive high school model. If you look down in Massachusetts area, they have a lot of comprehensive high schools. This is that basic idea. There, there's, there's, this, um, there's a couple of them being um, done, well, one being built up in or trying to be built up in the uh, Fort Kent area right now that were on a grant process last year. Um, there's also another uh, Region 10 in Brunswick area. They are trying to create a comprehensive four-year high school. So this might this this bill is going to go and s- change the law to allow those things to happen. Because right now, uh, a student can't go to a tech ed center unless they are eleventh grader or later. Yeah, yes, ish. ish. I mean, there there are always some exceptions, sure. and they're they, they've been really loosening that, especially with yeah. a lot of the middle school uh, connectivity that's been happening over the state and places. So I like the bill. Uh, excuse me, the resolve. Right. Task force talk about it. Something new. Mm-hmm. No, there's something new about this resolve, Matt. What did I miss? This 
is the first time we've had a bill or resolve at the time of previewing to have a fiscal note. Ooh, I did not see the Something fiscal new. note. It's the fiscal note. I was like, oh, oh, there it is. I'm definitely clicking on this thing. So here's the prelim fiscal impact statement. The general operating expenses of this study are projected to be $1,250 in fiscal year 1920, and an estimated $6,190 is available in each of fiscal years 1920 and 2021 for legislative studies. So $15,000 over three years. Get back, fiscal note. I know. We were talking about billions in the one before. Now we're talking... (laughs) Four digits. Uh, those digits are great. It's a little disappointing on the fiscal note. Yeah. There, but, so we have one kind more. Kind of anticlimactic on that one. <laughs> one more. I'll let down. <laughs> was LD1267, an act to allow the awarding of graduation credits by career and technical education centers and regions. Kind of goes right along with the last one. If you're going to do a four-year high school, you might as well start thinking about how we're going to award credits for this one towards graduation requirements for courses. And I understand that credits aren't the only way, since we talked about in a previous pod about uh, 985, which may adjust proficiency-based diplomas. Uh, sort of. Go back and listen to that one because there's a lot more to it then. Right. But this is, if we're going to have these things, uh, then how are they going to work mm-hmm. is how this one really talks about. Right. So they kind of, they, they again, they all go together. They've all gone really good together for this entire pod, except for that rando one. That random, yeah. the random sexual assault, assault one, one that <laughs> came like, out of nowhere. Ah, I got to put it in there somewhere. <laughs> put it in there with all the money stuff. Nobody's right. going to pay attention anyway. <laughs> it's terrible. All right, let's go to the last one. Friday, May 3rd. It's going to be super tiring by this point for the legislators again. 23 bills that we've talked about this week. 23 23 public hearings. And sometimes these public hearings, as we've, like, for example, immunization, still going on. Still going. It is now in (laughs) sub-level six, room (laughs) B slash one. They even took, it's funny because they even took the, uh, the, uh, the web link off the site. Right. Because... Technology doesn't go that deep. Doesn't go that deep. It do, it just it, well, it's not enough wires to to bring hope, the sound back up. Hopefully, they're they're deep enough in the Burton Cross Building crypt that the Night King and they will not be able to get them. There is one uh, nice result to being way down there. There's another version of the Cross Cafe. Oh, there is, and they have spicy dill pickles. Oh, nice. So if nice. you're going down there, at least you can get some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why. The Night King hasn't been seen for so long. He's, oh, okay. he's eating at the Cross Cafe. He's getting those spicy dip pickles. He's like, I don't want to go to Winterfell. I don't care about that. So There's the, all that dragon glass there, for God's so, sake. So the reason why he's coming down is because he ran out? Yeah. He's been he's been just up in the way way above the wall, beyond the wall, just just hanging out for thousands of years, eating spicy dill pickle chips. And he and looks, looks around looks and around says, and just saw just saw a whole mountain of empty bags and then went, Oh, all right, All right. <laughs> everybody, let's get going. Here we go. Road trip. Road trip down south. So before they attack Winterfell, I think this next one would be interesting. Some of those, some of the Starks could yeah. really use this one. So we're talking about LD-1064, an act to address Maine's firefighter shortage by offering fighter fighter training for credit in high school, career, and tech ed programs. Because you see, there's going to be fire, and they need to be putting fire. out Winterfell. Yeah, fire. 
Oh, Beavis. Beavis. I'm impressed. God, if you're still listening to us, we deserve this five-star interview. Five-star thing. Yeah, so I can't even talk anymore. No, we're just, we're just babbling at this point. Hey, um, if we have criminal justice in CTE schools, let's have firefighting tra- uh, training too. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I didn't know we didn't. LD1029, an act to expand educational opportunities for students attending public secondary schools with enrollments of 300 or fewer students. This one, I, I gave a big old What? This one is troubling. This this is... Could be troubling. This one might be the most dangerous bill of the session. Wow. Callback. Uh, nice callback. This one is actually, if, if again, if you're listening this far, this one is actually fairly interesting. I, I think this one is it's fascinating. And I, 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 like I read it several times going, are they really trying to, to do this? So what it's going to do, I'll read the summary. This bill requires private and public secondary schools with more than 300 students to enter into contracts with secondary schools with 300 or fewer students to establish academic opportunity programs that make available to resident students of the smaller schools the courses and academic programs of the larger schools, including but not limited to AP courses, international baccalaureate programs, and early college programs. So far, so good. Oh, all right. Uh, I understood this one. Okay. Right? So far, so good there. But now I'm thinking, of course... Well, where are some of these smaller schools? Yeah. Okay, some of these smaller schools are in general the northern part and the eastern part of the state, right? Northern, eastern, western. So where's the closest school that might be 300 students or more? And I've talked to some people that are down east before, and they're like, maybe Ellsworth, which could be like two, three hours away. Right. Interesting. Is this a way to possibly... Say, and now that we've got these big programs, uh, including but not limited to, I'm in a small school. I'm not going to hire world language teachers anymore because we've contracted with one of those bigger schools. They're going to do it for us. Oh, that's an interesting This idea. has come up before. Yeah, I've talked to some people about this oh. one. They're like, I'm going to drop everything that I don't need because I've got another school that my kids can do it with. Whether it's virtually or not, don't care. It's in the law. I can now save money. Oh, that's, insidious. That is insidious. Call back. Call back. So there's a second that, part to this Wow. One. I didn't. I, yeah, I'll let you ponder I, that one for a minute while I read the next part. I didn't go that deep into it, but that's like I, that's that is very troubling to me. The bill also requires the secondary schools with 300 or fewer students to inform their resident students of the academic opportunity program and provides that the st- uh, schools participating in that academic opportunity program are not responsible for providing transportation. Hey, look, kids, we've got all these awesome programs in this other big school. It's three hours away. See ya. We're not. We, we, Bye. We, we're not doing a virtual. You can get if you can get there. Go for it. Here's here's something called Google Maps. By the way, uh, you're, you still have to maintain your regular course schedule, so you're gonna have to be there and back and not be and you know, not be late. <laughs> this one's kind of messed up. This one's really messed up. I mean, yeah, it, there's. I like the idea. It assumes until it, you there's start so many. As, about uh, it. I got problem with this, the assumptions that a bigger school is going to have more or better opportunities than a smaller school. And well, I would disagree with that. More, yes. Better, not necessarily. More. Some of our bigger schools offer a lot more than some of our smaller schools. I don't think that's deniable. And I think this bill, the intent, and I'm going to assume here, the the intent of this bill was to expand those opportunities for kids who live in a more rural part of the state. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. The rest of how it was actually written, 
not thought out very well, I don't think. I, I don't I I don't I don't think so. By the way, I had to edit that in. <laughs> so Matt doesn't have any paper. Matt's not even here. No, I, I'm a bot. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I I think there's a lot Hashtag of questions I'm around that one. Oh, oh Hashtag I'm a bot. We can say it's we can start that one. Hey, if you're a bot too, let us know on Twitter, Main Ed Matters, or on Facebook at Main Education Matters. Put it in that five star review. If yeah. you are a bot, we oh, should have a million of them. Title it I'm a bot too. <laughs> so good. I can't wait for that. <laughs> LD twelve twenty seven, an act to allow parents to apply to the Commissioner of Education to enroll their children in a receiving school administrative unit and to remove limitations on which students may be so enrolled. Yep. Okay, so this one basically so, so right now, the way that, that, that like superintendent agreements work is that if you want to have a student go in, in your district, but they want to go to a different district, it's got to be an agreement between the superintendents. It's got to go between those two, correct? Yes. This change... Oh, there's a second part there. Okay. The, if they can't find one, they can appeal to the commissioner to designate one. Okay. Okay, so there's two parts there. All right. This says that the parents can decide where they want to go. Right? This is 100% school choice. Parents can go to the commissioner and say, I live in Brunswick and I want to go to school in Fairfield. Period. Period. Make a request for any reason to the commissioner of education for the student to be transferred. Right. Period. Period. Any reason. Not involve the educational professionals in this discussion at all. I want to go somewhere else. The commissioner approves it. The student must be enrolled in the receiving SAU. Okay. Tricky one right there at the end. I see a divided report. (laughs) Let's go to the last one of May 3rd. You know, this is approaching our time-wise, our three-part series on PEPG. Yes, it is. I think that may still be going in the sub-basement also of the cross building. Not quite sure on that one. This is the last one of the day. It's LD 1338. Why why even talk about this one? Because they're going to walk up to this and they're going to say, I'm going to remove this bill. Who wants to remove this bill? I think I, I well is because there's already been a major change to Chapter 180 this particular session with LD 92. It's in law now, signed by the governor. I know that LD 92 is in law there's on a, our spreadsheet. It's now in green. It's in green. There's for, an, there's another one in green now too. <gasps> oh, I did LD, not see LD that one. 283, the one that updated yes. the NGA, the, the science and social studies standards because that was signed into law on a- April 19th. Found that out today. Ooh, it is a green. That was a resolve, for God's sake. That was a resolve. Yeah. They are going all over the place. So anyway, this one. Oh yeah, back to back to chapter 180 and PEPG or teacher and educator evaluation. Uh, What this bill does, it removes a requirement in current law that the criteria to establish the order of layoff and recall of teachers must be included in teachers' effectiveness rating as a factor. Uh, It also amends the provisions in current law governing the use of teacher effectiveness ratings. In other words, takes every bit of teeth out of the teacher effectiveness uh, uh, educator evaluator whatever it is system right oh, wow. I didn't quite read it that way but I think you're right it it 
I saw the first one. The first, I guess, I just noticed so, the first so, part actually. Was so if you about remember, like layoffs and things yeah. like that, it said you can't use the rating as part of this anymore. So if you remember the the PEPG law, it says if you have uh, if you get a one, then you're on an action plan for a year. If you get uh, an or ineffective rating, if you get an ineffective rating two years in a row, then you can be dismissed. This bill would say you can't do that. You can't use an an, an effectiveness rating to remove someone from um, your employee. That's what this does, correct? I think I think you're right. Where do you think the MEA comes down on this one? Yes, 100 percent for. <laughs> You've got a lot of teachers who are uh, uh, sponsoring this one, also. Sure. By the way, uh, M- Representative McRae for Fairfield, who's on the committee, is presenting this one. He's also got uh, Representative Dodge, who is a former teacher, just retired teacher, uh, new member of the committee. Uh, Representative Farnsworth. Those are just people on the committee. It's all kinds of other people supporting this one. Uh, yeah, I wonder how that's going to go because uh, LD ninety two was just passed and signed. It's passed, signed, and there's going to be some there's going to be some real ripples ripple effects from that. Both ripples, either, yeah, but either yeah, like not ruffles. Oh, those are better. Those are good. Not as good as spicy dill pickles. pickles. Yeah. Uh, but but there's going to be some real ripple effects from LD ninety two that are going to be felt both positive and negative um, in a lot of different ways. And a lot of districts are going to have to try to try to deal with that over the course of the next month or so or months. Um, like one of the things that I'm going to see is, you know, I'm going to see is uh, can a, if a committee has to have the majority of teachers, which is now required, right? And the committee, the teachers there have to be appointed by the union, the local union, right? Mm-hmm. What if, the local district PEPG team is not paid, right? And, okay. and a lot of the a lot of the folks might say, "Well, I'm not going to do extra work for extra time, extra, and I want, I want that yep. extra pay." So, is that going to hamstring and completely just stop the, any kind of process of the PEPG committee? I want to see how that kind of you know, those kind of things play out in certain districts. That's going to be individualized for, for districts and whatnot, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. If, peop- if teachers, if the plans have, say, combined into one plan, both the administrative and the educator, t- teacher evaluations, should then the administrators be more um, the majority for the administrative part of that? How is that going to all work? Because if the teacher should be the majority for the teacher part, should the administrators be the majority for the administrative part? I'm just, there's a lot of little wrinkles that I'm, that I'm really curious to see how districts are going to unpack that I'm not sure we're necessarily thought about fully. Well, you can see those on the afternoon of May 3rd and see what the testimony is like. Oh, I went on a little tangent there, didn't I? It's a great way to end <laughs> that Friday afternoon is go see what's going on with this one because it could. there's a couple of sneaky ones at there, the end there which are, are some. a little more major than you think for a Friday afternoon. Yeah, for a Friday afternoon and... The end of a very long week of 23 public hearings. Right, but it's in May now. It's May. May. It's almost summer. Yeah, but, you know, with, with snow days, schools are going until August this year. It's true. We're just going to kind of roll school years together. It's kind of why we need to have those homework packets. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this. Uh, you've got thank almost you. an hour of 23 bills. Wow. That's amazing. That's a, that's a lot of time. Thank you for listening and, and sticking with us this far. If you have any feedback to give, you can do it on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters. Or on Facebook, Maine Education Matters. Matt and Matt, we're out there somewhere. Leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. We would love to see you. Let's see what you have to say. Let us know what's going on. Check out our spreadsheet, which is on our Facebook page and the top of our Twitter page. You can see all the updates 
of what is happening and what the votes are. And the green ones are new bills that are signed into law. They're into law now. Let, we have one bill and one resolve already in. There we go. Those whereases really were the key for that resolve there, to go in. There might be a few more. I just don't know. I, I've, I've been looking. I can't find any. We're like <laughs> half an hour behind updating this one. So there's probably like eight or ten more there might be green more. ones at this point, right? And there the might Governor be. Mills is like just signing away just, right now. Just, just signing away. Yeah, and we're not even paying attention. Nope, no idea. Governor Mills, let us know when you're signing these things. It helps us update the spreadsheet. Yeah, more. can you give us a heads up, please? That, that, that's the least you yeah. can do. You know, you got nothing else going on. I would think so. Really? <laughs> All right. Thank Bye. you for listening. Bye. Bye.